Salah, uh, Chief Resident over at St. Mary Mercy Hospital EM Residency. Uh, we have a special guest today, Dr. Khalees. He is the Chairman of the Emergency Medicine Department. Um, we're going to go over something that he definitely has a passion for, and that's EKGs. Uh, we're going to go into just kind of the basics of EKGs and things that you must know as a resident and attending uh, in the emergency department. And then following that, we're going to go into the specifics of uh, wide complex tachycardia. So how are you today, Dr. Khalees? I'm doing a great, a great deal. Thank you. All right. So what, what do you consider, again, you know, the big things on an EKG that every resident, uh, even starting out, should be able to present to an attending? And then once they're out of the residency, what's something they should never miss as an attending out on their own? So EKGs are a passion of mine, as you're aware. You know, when I have residents in the department, I make them present the EKGs to me just as cause something I really enjoy. But you're going to know as an attending when you are seeing patients, you're performing about 100 tasks an hour. And you're very busy in an ER shift. And ER docs are the most interrupted providers of probably almost any providers around. We get interrupted probably six times every six minutes of our shift. Um, so a lot of times those interruptions, someone's throwing an EKG in front of you. So you have to be able to make a fairly common but a accurate diagnosis in a very short period of time. I, I think to do that, um, you have to at least have a basis, almost like reading the chest x-ray. You start outside in the soft tissues, bones, and working yourself way into the mediastinum and the lung fields. EKG is kind of the same way. So it almost becomes like muscle memory. It is muscle memory. This is practice. Yeah. And the only way you'll get good at EKGs is if you do a lot of them. Yeah. You know, the Matu book, and dude has 400 of them. Yeah. I recommend all of you guys do that because with muscle memory, it, it'll become easier and easier and you won't miss as much. So uh, going into now specifics that you think, and in, even in your experience when you were starting out, what were big things on the EKG that you felt you had to know when you first saw an EKG? Well, first is the basics. And when I have, you know, the first years or interns come and present to me, I like to hear that they understand even the basics. So when you're reading the EKG, I like to hear the rate, and please calculate it out in front of me. You know, 300, 150, 175, 60, 50, and show me that you know how to calculate the rate. You know, look at the rhythm. Is it sinus or not sinus? And if it's sinus, are the P waves symmetrical? Are they regular? You know, look at the appearance of the P waves and explain them. You know, look at your axis. Are you up in one? Are you up in ABF? If there's an axis deviation, tell me which direction it's going. When I start hearing stuff like that, I know that you understand the basics of reading EKG. You know, you start looking at the intervals, your PR interval, QRS interval, QT interval. You know, that gives your attendings um, confidence that, that you know what you're reading and you're looking at. Um, if you're talking about things you don't miss, it, you really want to look at the morphologies. And there are certain morphologies that you certainly don't want to miss and you just have to put in your memory. You know, it's like associated with Brugada syndrome, okay. um, a Brugada EKG, a Wellens EKG, RV strain that you'll see with PE or other um, things, WPW, you know, controversial, somewhat a little bit, Scarboza criteria and left bottle branch block, but it's one I still use. Okay. So definitely, as an intern, especially just starting out this year, um, you know, look at an EKG, kind of look at, don't look at the little top part that's printed on the EKG. 
that's always a common flaw. And I know as an intern, you kind of want to jump to that because it makes your life a little easier. Um, but I, again, like Dr. Khalees is saying, you want to do, you do want to take things in a stepwise process. Look at the rate and calculate the, you know, do a rough calculation on your own. You know, look at the QRS complex, look at the PR intervals, look at the QT intervals. And, and from there, you can start to get more comfortable uh, making diagnoses based on the EKG, or at least uh, keep the big red flag differentials in your mind just from the EKG itself. And obviously, always know uh, your ACS type differentials with the ST elevations and depressions and know when to order a 15 lead EKG. And one thing I've learned about EKGs over the years is kind of like x-ray reports and the reading you get from the radiologist, clinical correlation is required. So you have to kind of know the EKG associated with the presentation of the patients. That's why a lot of times people will throw an EKG in front of me and say, well, what are they here for? Yeah, agreed. I think clinical presentation is a huge uh, plus because sometimes I've, I've had EKG with maybe a subtle questionable ST elevation, but you look at the patient in the room and he's sweaty, he's clenching his chest, and you're definitely thinking ST elevation at that point. Yes. All right. So uh, next up, we're going to talk about, um, in a little more detail, uh, wide complex tachycardias. And Dr. Khalees, I'm going to give you a kind of a clinical situation. Um, so, you know, 75-year-old patient, history of MI in the past. Uh, he's coming in with new onset chest pain. Um, you know, rolls in, EMS is saying he's got a heart rate of 180, and he's, you know, mildly hypotensive, 90s over 60s. You know, what are you thinking at that point, and what do you want to do right off the bat? Yeah, in this case, I mean, you're giving me the scenario of, of unstable, wide complex tachycardia with chest pain and hypotension. So the answer to that will always be cardioversion. Yeah. So, but there's also some other presentations that, and there's a lot of myths with wide complex tachycardia. I just would want to go over you. Um, one is electrocardiography is good to distinguish VT from SVT with aberrant conduction. Um, one thing you'll look at the research, there's been probably four or five more studies trying to give you criteria for figuring this out. In 91, Brugada came up with the criteria and found in the 90 percentile that they were able to have specificity and sensitivity to figure it out based on their criteria. Okay. That hasn't been followed through with other studies that tried to follow it up. They actually had any criteria sensitivity specificity in the 70% range. So really what it comes down to, in the heat of battle, you're handed a wide complex tachycardia. You know, to pull out all these protractors and these six base rules, don't worry about it. Treat it as VT. Okay. You know, you'll be right over 90% of the time, and you won't make any critical mistakes. Okay. So again, just to recap, patients coming in, seems unstable with the chest pain, even though hypotension is not profound, but it's still considered hypotension. Um, <coughs> older individual, you see the AKG, it's wide complex tachycardia, you're seeing cardiovert. And you know, how many joules do you usually want to give these guys? Mm -hmm. Well, usually, uh, if it's stable or unstable VT, you can cardiovert with 100 joules. Um, and going back to the other case, you know, pitfalls is assuming SVT is. Uh, or wide complex tachycardia SVT with aberrant conduction, just because they look good or they're young or don't have a heart history, you're going to be wrong more than you know. Okay. So um, another pitfall in wide complex tachycardia is adenosine. Um, people give it the wide complex tachycardia because it reliably distinguishes VT from SVT with aberrant conduction. That's not true either. Um, adenosine will not convert all SVT with aberrant conduction. 
and it will convert some patients in, in VT. In fact, a study that was done showed that 50% of the people in VT got converted with adenosine. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can't really use it to distinguish um, patients who are SVT with a barrier conduction versus VT. Okay. Um, other analyses of wide complex tachycardia um, that uh, I've noted, um, like treatment dogma, pulseless, VT, defib, um, these patients with 200 joules. You know, the unstable VT, um, cardiopert, sync 100 okay. joules. Then stable VT, it used to be lidocaine. And then we all kind of go into the sexy new amiodarone. But if you look at the studies of a monomorphic uh, VT and cardioversion with lidocaine, the results show anywhere from about 21 to maybe 40% conversion. And um, it was replaced later uh, in ACLS with amiodarone uh, as one of the drugs of choice. Okay. But if you look at the comparisons um, for stable VT, it's, uh, amiodarone is very similar to lidocaine. So you, it's conversion rate is anywhere from like 29 to 40%. That's not really good. All right. So really the drug of choice in stable VT is procainamide, an oldie but a good medication. Um, a really good drug for stable BT and cardioversion. Also, um, is a safe drug for wide complex tachycardia that you're unsure. Yeah. You know, when you see a wide complex tachycardia, you really want to see it as an irregular tachycardia, and that's kind of how you distinguish, like an AFib with a prodromic uh, in WPW. But I'm telling you, when it's fast, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. So the safest drug you can give, and the best drug, is procainamide. Okay. Uh, in these patients. Um, I think amiodarone people have just kind of extrapolated from ACLS uh, with the basically uh, pulseless VT, which amiodarone still is a good drug for that. It, it's very good uh, because procainamide obviously causes QT prolongation, hypotension and stuff where an unstable patient, it's not the drug of choice. But in stable VT, you know, the answer is procainamide. Okay. So as a, as a quick recap again, unstable patient... Why complex tachycardia? You're not really sure if it's VTAC versus AFib with aberrancy or WPW um, with, you know, why complex WPW. Your best shot is to cardiovert these patients because you don't know. Um, yeah, I'm going to always say, when in doubt, the, always the correct answer is cardiovert. Cardiovert. Um, and again, if, if 100 joules doesn't work, you can always give 200 joules after that. Um, obviously, try to make the patient as comfortable as possible. Don't torture the patient and shock them without any kind of sedation or, or pain management. Um, second point to recap is if the patient is stable with a wide complex uh, tachycardia, again, assume VTAC and treat as such. And like Dr. Khalees was saying, procainamide is probably a drug of choice at this time uh, based on recent studies. And it's also a drug of choice, again, with the atrial fibrillation with uh, prodromic WPW. Uh, it won't cause, it keeps you out of trouble. So it is an acceptable drug then. Yeah, sounds great. So again, for all those who are listening, um, especially uh, you new interns, uh, number one, when you get the EKG, before you hand it over to the attending, take a little bit of time, uh, try to understand it, try to break it down step by step. And, and over, over time, you'll increase your confidence and be able to, uh, you know, make some better differentials based on an EKG. Uh, number two, if you get a patient who's coming in tachycardic, uh, hypotensive, or has some chest pain, or has any sign of instability, look at that EKG closely, check those QRS um, patterns, 
and decide whether it's a narrow complex or wide complex. Uh, number three, know your drugs. I mean, we cannot reiterate this enough. You need to know your drugs, you need to know your doses, and you know, procainamide at this point of time is your drug of choice for wide complex tachycardia. All right, anything to add, Dr. Khalees? No, thanks. This is all just, you know, EKG reading, interpretation, and skills, all muscle memory. Yep. I mean, you don't go out and shoot under par in golf the first day. you got to practice, and same thing with EKGs. Agreed. All right, until next time. Thanks. Thank you.